0: This is a podcast for the dreamers. A place to feel nourished and seen. A place to call in our highest path possible and to explore our desires, hopes, wishes, and dreams. I'm your guide, Emily Elliott. Welcome to The Magnetic Life. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of The Magnetic Life. I'm here today with Monica Lawrence. Monica is a business and brand strategist, serial entrepreneur, and conscious explorer with a passion for life. She collaborates with purpose-driven entrepreneurs to craft their brand identities, go-to marketing strategies, and digital presence. She draws on her experience in Hollywood entertainment, Silicon Valley tech startups, and her love of international design, fashion, and travel. In addition to her marketing consulting practice, Monica is the creator of Tavola Fiji, her luxe private villa, an inspiring venue for her transformational stillness retreats. Monica is the founder of Quantum Surfing, a growth mindset creation method that teaches visionary creators to combine neuroscience, applied enlightenment, and quantum mechanics to predictably create lucky outcomes and accelerate venture impact. Welcome, Monica.
1: Thank you so much, Emily. It's lovely to be here with you.
0: I have to start by um, letting everyone know my first um, impression and meeting of you. Blake had told me all about his friend, Monica, And in my mind, I was so overwhelmed because you're so cool. And uh, we actually met Monica and I because we were both speaking at our first TEDx event, our first speech ever. And Mm -hmm. uh, I saw Monica across the room and she kind of approached me. And my initial thought was, my goodness, this woman is vibrant. And (laughs) um, Blake and I actually had a moment to connect later on. And we said, whoa, Monica just has this magnetic energy field that's kind of some electromagnetic signature of strength and beauty and calm and peace and love. So that was really fun for us because um, Blake, And Monica, we're actually virtual friends as well. And that's a cool part of our new world is we get to meet people after being totally virtual. So that was really fun for us.
1: (laughs) Sharing that first impression. It's it's (laughs) fun to hear, Emily. Um, Because we have spent so much time in the virtual world. And you sense for people, but it is still very different when you uh, meet someone in person and you... You spend time in their presence. Uh, Yeah, you definitely have a different sense of their energy and what they're. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. There's so much beauty to the virtual world, but there's something that can't be matched about in person. When you really get to experience someone, right? Blake said something funny. He said, "People that meet me, they're my online coaching clients, and then they meet me in real life, and they go." oh, you're a lot shorter than I pictured. He's <laughs> like, that's such a funny <laughs> reflection. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I didn't have
1: that impression at all. Of course, I was really excited to meet both of you um, after, you know, gosh, a year or two of, of virtual meetups. Virtual um, life. Yeah, and and
0: I would say the opposite, like as was, um, taller taller. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Maybe this is a half filled cup versus a full cup. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, Monica, I'm so excited for people to learn. Tell me about how you fill your days. Um, And as part of that, how did you get to where you are now?
1: Um, Yo, I'm sitting here in the Fiji Islands. Uh, four years ago, I b- bought a boutique private villa uh, called Tavola Villa here in Fiji. And 40 years ago, I came to Fiji for the first time. I've always talked about Fiji as my soul's home, It's where I feel at peace, mm-hmm. a place that I feel loved, that I belong. I feel held here and mm-hmm. held by the land by the sea, by the people, by the communities. Um, there's a pace of life here that is really conducive to deep personal connection with yourself and with others. Mm. And so I've always spent time in and out of PG Fiji, and I just decided to make it a more permanent part about four years ago when I Took the leap to buy Tavola, and it wasn't a considered vision. <laughs> it was definitely a calling. A calling. But I, I am drawn, inexplicably drawn, you know, in a magnetic way. <laughs> this is this is my next step, and I don't even have to understand it entirely. But here we go, and
0: uh, bam, was- we have the whole juice of the episode right off the hopper because <laughs> you said. I don't have to understand my calling. I just have to do it. That's really, really true and powerful reflection. Um, Yeah, there's a lot there to what you just said, because you weren't always kind of this island bound sun and ocean human. You had another part of your life that looked really different. What did that look like?
1: Well, I am the mother of three children. I raised them in Silicon Valley. And I, my undergrad is in computer science. And um, then I went to UCLA for business school and focused on entertainment and strategy. And I really combined those two areas of of interest and fascination and wrapped it around kind of the business strategy and the branding and the identity work. So um, I worked with tech clients throughout uh, my time in Silicon Valley, and that gave me the freedom to really raise three beautiful children and be present for them at the same time. Um, But, you know, it's interesting because we're not so different how we show up in one place or another. And certainly the values that led me to those choices in you know, a high tech environment and balancing family are the same values that led me here.
0: Oh. And what are those top values, Monica?
1: I have a deep, deep, deep appreciation for the gift of being here. Mm-hmm. It's I feel that a shot at life is like winning the lottery. Oh and my god. it's that special it's it's like a lightning
0: and so this kind of leads into the next question but what actually started your fascination with luck Mm, yeah um Um,
1: you know I wasn't I wasn't a a natural entrepreneur but I knew that that was the direction I wanted to go mm. and when I, when I started um, spending you know, more time in Silicon Valley and in tech startups, I I was surrounded by people who are absolutely brilliant, people who are visionaries, people who were thinking of something and then creating that um, because because they felt that it needed to exist and it didn't exist before then. Uh, and because we all, we didn't work virtually in those years, we worked side by side and, you know, we worked, we didn't even work in cubicles because these are startup environments. So it's like, you have a huge table and each person has a seat at the table and you're even using that as your you know desk and office space. <laughs> and you're, you know, you're, you're leaving when you have to make a phone call because, you know, it, everyone else is still working. But what's, what was interesting, interesting to me in that environment is that I really got to see how other people around me work, their habits, their kind of natural way of being. Um, So I got to observe like who they were, not just who they were putting forth as, as their identity. I got to see behind the scenes of, you know, prepping for a huge pitch to raise vc funding all the meltdowns that happen you know on you know on the way on that road um, and I, I i got to watch how brilliant people conceptualize and i got to watch how teams come together or not mm-hmm. to create greatness. um what i noticed is that a lot of entrepreneurs um, have some type of like flat spot, some type of learning disability, some, something that makes them not fit into the norm of the everyday, you know, mm. the common stream. And, and although in our culture, we're always trying to fix those flat spots, it's, it's the source of their brilliance. And so because I was in these environments uh, side by side in close quarters with visionary transformational people, I got to start watching how they think. And what I was noticing is that they don't think the same way as people in a corporate environment, which I had already come from. You know, I had come from years at Accenture. I had worked uh, for George Lucas at Lucasfilm. And that's a creative environment. But this was different. This was a creation environment. Was, you know, could have a few steps beyond creative. These are people who, who were putting everything on the line to risk their capital, their time, their attention, their reputation to bring something to life because they were passionate about it. So what I noticed in these people, in these behaviors is that they're all lucky. Is And I've now been diving into the science of luck. Um, And there's a few behaviors that actually drive luck, which was a huge revelation. People think of luck as... It's random. It just, you know, strikes. You, you, have, you have no way to magnetize it, to call it in. Right? right. But the science shows otherwise. The science shows that it's your behaviors that make you lucky or not.
0: Oh, my goodness. I just feel so passionate about everything you're saying. <laughs> I'm like, first off, you just debunked for the majority of the world. The limiting belief around being an entrepreneur, which is that you have to be some cookie cutter, be good at everything. And you're saying, no, you know, there's a lot of variety and things that make you different to be an entrepreneur. And that actually works in your favor. So that was, that really um, struck a chord with me there. And yeah, just your fascination with observation and you've been in You've put yourself in so much life experience with artists and creators and, you know, venture capitalists, like your observations are not tiny; They're pretty far reaching. So that, that is so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And then, yeah, just your observation. Okay. This is what lucky people do. So what would you say are some top traits of lucky people?
1: Yeah, there's a few like, key behaviors, and you could just adopt one or two, and yeah, uh, you could watch uh, your your number of serendipitous outcomes just accelerate. Uh, yeah. So, so the first is being curious and open. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we so often are in autopilot in our environments. We we get into ruts and routines and they serve us well because they make us efficient. But what's happening with the neuroscience of the brain is that the brain gets into those ruts and routines and screens out things in the environment that it deems is unnecessary to accomplish your, your routine. And so you literally stop noticing so to be curious and open, one of the easiest things you can do for yourself is just mix up your routine. Hey, don't go to work the same way every time. Don't go to the grocery store the same yes. way, like different route or when you're standing in line, don't hop onto your phone, you know, instead notice what's going on around you. Maybe you just strike up a conversation, you know, with someone near you or Try tapping into your intuition to guide you through your tasks. That's another that. way of staying, you know, curious and open.
0: So good. It's funny you're sharing this because um, Blake is actually very, very lucky. My partner, he's just so lucky. Yeah. And I would say I am too, but something funny between us is he's kind of sometimes a man of routine. And I'm always like, oh, I need a new restaurant. I need a a new Saturday routine. Like I, I cannot do the same thing over and over. So that's really cool. And actually a lot of celebrities have shared that. I believe like Will and Jada might've said that one of them is more like routine. And one of them is more like, let's shake up the routine. So maybe for people who are listening that feel more um, emotionally, um, grounded by routines like, okay, well, what's one small thing you can do? Maybe instead of buying the red apples at the store, buy the green apples, you know, cause your brain just starts functioning in different ways with small changes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. that's, oh, I really love all those shares. And can you share, um, something lucky that you've attracted?
1: Mm, I, you know, I just put out, um, an ebook, um, called be lucky. Uh, you can if you're curious, you can find it on quantumsurfing.com. It's free to download. Uh, and the real place that I find to be to be powerful in getting yourself on a path of being, becoming predictably lucky is to call in your everyday luck. Mm. So so often when we're thinking about luck, we're thinking about these stupendous experiences, um, oh, you know, all of these situations came together, and then I was able to get the tickets to the concert, or I was able to get that seat on the airplane, or I got that upgrade, um, you know, on the flight as a result of all of the synchronicity of events happening. Um, or in my case, I got to buy a villa in Fiji because <laughs> of events. It's incredibly lucky start sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves that luck has to be these big big things yeah there's a way of being that actually welcomes in more luck so if you start by noticing your everyday luck and holding on that then you'll start to see that yeah these lucky occurrences flow in more more easily and more routinely um so
0: Beautiful. you know what are
1: what are examples of everyday luck? Like going to like for me, going to the store to pick up new flip-flops. And what do you know? They have two for one in my favorite brands.
0: There you go. That's, right. There
1: you go. Uh, it's, you know, people often think about parking karma. Uh, you know, you drive downtown and there's a spot available. It, you just got lucky. There's a certain feeling if you really tune in to your everyday luck there's a certain feeling that's happening, a certain kind of confluence of events and energy that is preceding that kind of serendipitous and delightful experience. And so that's where I love to, to have people start because it's accessible. You can make it happen right now.
0: Yeah. And that's all about changing those neurochemical pathways, right? So You know, sometimes when we're in a bad mood, we'll go around being like, of course, it's raining. Of course, there's no parking. And then you're just, you know, those neurons that your mind, your spirit is on the hunt for what's not working. So um, I know even myself, I've tried a new thing where if the day's off to a kind of a crummy start, I try not to say I'm having a bad day. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, okay. I'm feeling a thing. Let the feeling be seen. Going to take a moment to process it. What can I do with this day now? Right? So I think there's something about catching stuff early. And as you're suggesting, it's like, let's just start looking for it. You know, maybe keep a little piece of paper by your bed, record it, show yourself the proof. Like for me today, I was working and I was like, oh man, what I would do for chocolate. And I go downstairs (laughs) and Blake got me a chocolate bar at the store. On the island. Nailed it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's a beautiful example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I find Emily that it's almost like that like childlike wishing. Yeah. That is that accelerates um the lucky occurrences. Like that feeling of, oh I really, what would I give for a piece of chocolate? Yeah to it not so much that you're like I must have a piece of chocolate how am I going to get a piece of chocolate yeah so you're not going to that mode you're just putting it out there as like oh this would make me so happy yes and then you even forget you would even forget you had the thought until you walk down and there's Blake handing you a piece of chocolate and you're like I was just thinking how lovely that would be
0: I love what you're saying there about the the childlike state, right? Because when we're looking for the magnetism, the miracles of our world, like a child, like, oh my goodness, I just saw a caterpillar. Oh my goodness, this is a crazy day. And as we become an adult, it's like, no, show me something better than that. No, that's boring. Give me something better than that. And we're in this loop of like, give me something better. Show me something more. And it's like, no, it's our job to find the miracles. And I know when my vibe is low, if I just start looking around me and I start staring at a piece of nature, I'm like, oh my goodness, someone planted a single seed. And now this beast, I'm looking at a beast from a seed and I just stare at like a tree. And I'm like, oh my goodness, those branches look like the Neurons in our brain. Our brains look like trees, but we don't stop long enough to be curious or fascinated, right? So, yeah. Oh my goodness, this is this is the funnest chat ever.
1: (laughs) Also, Emily, what you were just saying there about you know kind of the the jaded adult perspective. No, show me something better. Not the caterpillar. Show me something better. Show me something better. (laughs) What struck me when you were saying that is that you know, that's the energetic signature. I want to keep being in this space of asking to be shown something better. And so that's the energy we tend to think of. We're asking for the energy beyond that, which is the something better, but it's, but the energy I was feeling when you were, you know, describing that person was no, what they're putting out is I want to stay in this space of keeping to want something better.
0: Yeah. Desire, desire, desire. Yes. Yeah. And there's spiritual teachings about how desire is the root of suffering. So when we can just look at what we have in front of us and find what's good, find the beauty, when you can be happy with very, very little, you're guaranteed to be happy once you're, you know, at a whatever, you're doing your trip to a villa in Fiji, but if nothing's ever good enough, then nothing, the jet's not going to be good enough, the trip to Fiji, whatever. So, um, and yeah, a while back, Monica and I were just, you know, chit-chatting about life and we were like, you know what, it is about that. It's about, I think I said to her, hey Monica, I'm working on being happy um, sitting here in this drizzly gray, cold (laughs) Canadian weather because I know when I get myself to Fiji, I'm going to have cultivated so much joy with this grisly weather that I know that it's not just the nice weather of Fiji that's going to make me happy. It's going to be something like the in, inward job, right? So we were having a good laugh about that because if you were sitting watching our combo, I'm like kind of in the Canadian dark and it's gray out and I have a hat on. And Monica's like glowing with this sun-kissed youthful look with sun shining on her so we were laughing at the duality of our of our conversation right now so we we had kind of had fun with that <laughs> um so Monica how do people balance because I think this comes up a lot for my coaching clients and mm-hmm. just people in general say, you know what? how do i maintain a professional stature because you've you've been in business forever and then draw in the magic like like how do you keep your feet anchored in both worlds is the the reason that this particular question
1: is is striking me as being so interesting is that i remember um, thinking that my, those two worlds for me were separate the professional yeah. world and the if for lack of a better word the spiritual world right and but now that's i i wouldn't even know how to be one or the other and i i feel that they're both reinforcing of each other um like when i show up professionally there can be a lot of um pressure to, you know, be on your game, to do it perfectly, to not mess up, right? To speak eloquently. Mm. Um, but I always set, I always connect with my inner self and I set an intention that I'll just show up the way that is best for this situation mm. and for the people who are present. Yeah. So, I'm drawing on my own inner presence mm-hmm. um, to show up as in a professional way that will resonate with um, everyone there. And I I do it the flip side as well too. Like I'll be sitting at a party and you know mm-hmm. engaged in you know some esoteric conversation. <laughs> uh, but then, my, in those situations, my professionalism probably shows up as a bit of, like, maybe elegance would be a word. Elegance, I love that. These, they show up. These traits show up in different environments, almost like different forms. Um,
0: mm.
1: yeah, it would be elegance in one setting, but it would be professionalism in another.
0: Yeah, I really love that, and I think I I believe that you completely embody elegance. And there's there's something in this um, world of manifestation and luck and all this stuff where I think sometimes people latch the ego on, and it's like, oh, I just manifested this Louis Vuitton bag and this da 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 da, and you know, manifestation in my belief is when we create the life we want, the things we imagine come to life, but we're also elevating the earth, humanity, me, you, like there's a sense of elevating one another, right? So um, I believe it it can all exist together. And it's, it's not just this compartmentalized life, just like you said, you know, there's pieces of something everywhere. And you know, we have to practice self-awareness in these arenas. And as we elevate and create the life we want, how are we elevating other people as well? And the earth, humanity. Um, how can we create goodness for all, right? So yeah, I love that when we discover it's not just about work and magic or just about myself and not others. It's like, Every time we approach something, it's like, how can we do it from a full heart? Right.
1: I well, yeah. you're what you're really describing, Emily, is a way of moving beyond manifestation. I think, yeah, that became such a popular topic in so many circles. Yeah. It became almost a how to, you yeah. know. I, I set the vision. If I, the more specific I am about the vision, the, you know, the more clarity I give it, then then that's a positive. And now I do my affirmations, and like there's like this methodology yeah. that, but I find it to be um, intellectual. Yeah. I find it to be lacking passion, yeah. uh, and and it's the energy that actually brings forth the beauty of what you desire. So <sighs> you can't. Just think about things um there's a way of being in flow Mm -hmm. with um kind of our gorgeous universe and all of the the energy and the connections within it so um manifestation is a lovely place to start yeah but moving beyond that uh you start to go oh well that was just it's just so easy now like once yeah. you almost it's like you, you leapfrog past that concept into more energetic alignment you don't even really think about manifesting because you know you just know that it's happening it's not the yeah. same experience at all
0: yeah that's extremely well put and there is so much trendiness around manifestation and sometimes i'm just like oh enough and so i i actually find it refreshing to talk about this idea of, Luck and what human behavior traits and the way we act can just, you know, predictably create different outcomes. So, for someone listening who is thinking to themselves, Ooh, I would like more luck in my life. And we already talked about this micro observation about what was lucky today, what was lucky the last hour, keep a journal. Is there any mm-hmm. other um exercise we could leave listeners with to keep cultivating this super fun trait?
1: Yeah. Uh yes, absolutely. And the the, the bit one and I'm I really um just passionate about about this in particular is trusting yourself mm-hmm. and listening to your intuition. Yeah. Right. So that's really what it means to trust yourself is to listen to your intuition. You know, in our cultures, we're not taught about intuition. We're not trained in intuition. We don't even, we're not even 100% sure it's actually a thing. Uh, And if you ask people what intuition is, there's not a ready um, explanation. They'll often say that it's like a gut call. Yeah. That's not the same as intuition. What I would say is intuition is a felt sense, an inexplicable felt sense of what is right for you. And intuition is linking you to consciousness. It's like your your thread, your connection to, to energy, to the quantum field to information your way of connecting that we that is there for you already that's what intuition is
0: yeah you know I've learned I can't I can't live without it anymore I used to push it down and say you go sit at your marketing job and you do what you're told and you get that report in and I would literally come home miserable. And now no matter what it is, whether it's work or social, I remember I went to an event I really, really, really didn't want to go to. Let me, And it was like four or five days away. I got so sick because my body was like, hey, you aren't going to listen to me? Then I'm going to help you out. I'm going to put you flat on your butt. So you start to learn that when you shut off intuition, the opposite of luck starts happening because you're your body is putting you in basic survival mode in whatever way, right? So that's a super excellent, excellent tip for people. So if you've been listening, Monica has offered some amazing tips to start this process of feeling lucky, um, which is so generous of her. She clearly has created a very exceptional, creative, and aligned life. So um These are the people that we just are so lucky to get information from like, hey, how'd you do it? (laughs) Which people love that question. How'd you do it? Um, Monica, as we kind of wrap up here, is there any final thoughts that you want listeners to know? And it could be on the topic of anything because you're just a magical human over there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I wanted to circle back to my own feeling about the precious, life that each one of us is living here it is such an incredible gift Emily and it's Mm -hmm. they spend their time seeking you know they spend their time trying to understand their purpose and digging into that and analyzing yeah feeling and asking am I doing a good enough job you know do I and you know it's just um It's lovely, absolutely lovely to grow and progress. It's kind of a creative life force. But also never, ever, ever forget that every moment is precious.
0: Mm, Thank you, Monica. That's so moving. Yeah. Yeah. You're, You're the real deal over there. Everything you say just gives me head to toe chills. So there's a lot. For everyone listening to Digest, mm-hmm. I've never said this before on all the episodes, but if there's something that really landed for you, feel free to message me so I can share it with Monica because this is some really deep life stuff here. So Monica, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all this um, wisdom and grace and um, lucky and joyful energy you've brought. And I would encourage uh, you all to go and download her guide on luckiness. That will be a ton of fun to take a peek at. And uh, if you're feeling the urge for a luxe vacation, you should check out her website too. So I know that's on my vision board too. So um, this looks like an absolute dream. So thank you, Monica. Thank you, everyone listening. This has been an absolute ton of fun.
1: Thank you so much, Emily. Such a delight to be with you. And yes, yes, yes. You and your family in Fiji sometime. Looking forward to that.
0: I love it. <laughs> okay, we'll talk. If soon. you're looking for one-to-one coaching with Emily, send me an email at emily at com. We'll work to uncover and dissolve all the limiting beliefs, all the limiting beliefs. You're holding you back from the life of your dreams.